0: From the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and tonight we're visiting with Brenna Kelleher. New show with Brenna called Courage to Charge. Brenna, thanks very much for joining us.
1: Hi, George. Thank you for having me.
0: Now, Courage to Charge, that is a hashtag that you use. What does that mean to you? Well,
1: that hashtag... Um has been around long before hashtags have been around. I just happened to put one in front of it a couple of years ago, but that has been my motto for oof, a long time. I think, oh, I I think it's always been my motto in competing ski racing or whitewater kayaking. Um, I always had this, In my head, of like, you gotta have the guts to do what you need to do in order to make things happen. And so it just sort of morphed into courage to charge uh, over the past few years. More as I was, it, it morphed to that as I was teaching more athletes and students and coaching more and recognizing that sometimes if you have a motto or a tagline that really fills the void and gives some amp to it then people charge a little bit harder and it gives them a little more courage.
0: I like that. Now what you, you really started that with your racing career ski racing and whitewater kayaking as well. Uh, Yeah. Maybe
1: uh, I don't think a lot of people know this about me, but I can be, I competed professionally for over gosh, I started in, Probably the 99, 2000s, and competed on the whitewater freestyle circuit. And then I attended two world championships.
0: I did not know that about you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what do you find more, uh, oh gosh, for, for lack of a better word, challenging? I mean, being in heavy whitewater or on a really challenging ski run?
1: both i think they're they're both challenging in very different ways um whitewater i have over the years started taking less risks in i prefer leisure trips whitewater you know seven day whitewater raft trips where i can kayak is what i prefer Um, but i also really enjoy river running and just going out for the day and paddling and finding some play spots. But when I was younger, I was definitely a little bit more aggressive and oh, maybe ran in bigger white water than I was maybe qualified or comfortable doing. But then once I finished it, you know, it was always like a buildup before. So um, with white water, it's more about. It's very similar to skiing. You're you're having to learn to read lines and know where to go and pick out landmarks and you know learn how to ride waves and ferry across a river and use features to your advantage. And skiing is very similar in that regard. They're both very independent sports.
0: Now you don't happen to teach whitewater, do you? I do. You do. I, okay. I
1: don't really. I don't as much as I. I don't teach as much as I used to over the past two summers. I've kind of taken a step back because I'm selling real estate in Montana, but I used to teach for our local kayak team called Wave Train Kayak Team. And I would teach three days a week to locals and we'd go out, run rivers, get kids pumped on being outside and being on the river. And then interestingly enough, my sister – You know, we talked a lot about the different avenues my sister could go with her camps. You know, uh, as you know, George, she has um, Keely's camps for girls. And they're mostly ski racing and backcountry skiing. And then she also has a women's component for skiing. But uh, this year, she added a whitewater kayaking camp for young women. And I'm going to be helping coach that in Jackson Hole this summer as well.
0: Now, Courage to Charge, I see you. Totally have that in your life. How do you convey that to your students, though? So especially someone who maybe is timid, where that saying would really help them out.
1: Well, you have to take it in increments, and you have to take it at their level. You can't just take them to a ten-foot waterfall and say, "Okay, run this." You know, or you can't take them to a mogul field and say, "Okay, run this." You need to set them up for success and put a progression or, um sequence of events that might lead them to believe and trust in you and put you to the advantage. And so that's where, you know, it it takes a little bit of cultivating, but that's where the courage to charge ends up coming in even stronger is they're not just doing it once, they're doing it many times in different aspects of their life and at different times in order to uh, achieve their outcome or their goal.
0: How did you take that into national team tryouts? That had to be pretty intimidating, I would think.
1: Oh yeah, National team tryouts I didn't I guess I don't know I didn't really understand what I was getting myself into. It was a lot more challenging than I uh, thought. <laughs> but it, it's the same way I would have taken a student, you know, break it down. Every, everything we did, I would break it down in my head and then I would just go for it. It was like, well, now or never. So you're either going to do it now or you're not. So.
0: And you did.
1: I did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There was some visualization going on before, but yes.
0: So with the national team, you're two years into it now. Tell us what you've accomplished that you wanted to accomplish or your goals, and what are you still working toward achieving uh, before the end of the four years?
1: You know, one of my biggest goals with getting on the national team was learning more, more about my own skiing and more about skiing as a nation nationally. Uh, And my goal, the first year I didn't do too many events, I think mostly because um, people didn't really know who I was, and then last year I didn't really I didn't get to do academy either. But I had the chance to meet and talk to some people, and um, more importantly, I you know gained some trust in some of my fellow team members as well. And um, asking me to come to other events, which was fantastic. And year two, I just really wanted to try and get to as many places as possible across the U.S just to understand how we operate as a nation and what the demographics are and then who's coming from what neighborhood of skiing and how how to best help accelerate, cultivate, and sustain the skiing life in those areas.
0: Now, I'm actually able to chat with you because fortunately the pilot and the heavy winds that were going on at Aspen today did not have the courage to charge off in the plane and cancel the flight, correct?
1: That is correct. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that because you might not know this either, but I'm also a pilot. And <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't really know. When they start asking for people to get off the plane to make it lighter, I'm like, I don't think I want to get on that thing.
0: So you're actually headed to Germany to do an exam right now, correct? Is that? Did you know this was going to be part of your duties as a national team member?
1: Well, this exam in particular is for our division. Garmisch happens to be part of our division. So it's actually my second time going to Germany to give this exam, which I'm even more excited about to go to as a team member. Cause the year, the first year I did the exam there, it was the year before tryouts. And um, it was actually the year of tryouts. I, I specifically asked for that exam so that I would get more time, FaceTime in front of my peers uh, but I really, the, the thing that's very interesting about our the Garmisch exam is it's on a military base, an American military base in Germany. And um, what I find really important is that that is uh, a very middle class America uh, population of skiers so they're they're not teaching to you know it's not a destination resort for american skiers it's where american military personnel go and so the the strategies of teaching are a little bit different and then the instructors there it's pretty fun to work with and trying to get them pumped on and up to par on you know our how we envision skiers in america
0: I want to chat with you a little bit about uh, this past week. I was lucky enough to ski with you for three days. And one, your teaching was excellent. But what really, it just caught me off guard was, uh, yeah, I got my 30-year pin this year. And uh, you were having us do some drills that I learned 30 years ago. But you put a different spin on them. You had a different focus with these drills. And it made them... I had a huge change in my skiing doing some of these things that I've done throughout my entire career, but you made some real changes because you put this different spin on these and it, it it was huge for me. And I'm wondering how did those change? Uh, Are you always, is this something you're constantly working on?
1: Honestly, George, it comes from being a teacher and, mindful of my students just paying attention and I actually a couple of those drills that I have done with you some of them are a little bit newer that I'm starting to experiment with and understand in different ways but uh one of them you know the side slipping one that I took you through is one that I realized a couple years ago with when I was doing exams had just joined the exam team at NRM, I started to recognize, not just with my ex- the candidates, but with my face-to-face interactions with clients at my resort, I was recognizing that these people don't know how to, to pressure their ski. They don't understand what pressure is. And so I just went through a series of different progressions with different students trying to figure out what the best way to explain it and get people to do it.
0: So you really came up with those on your, on your own.
1: I mean, maybe someone else has come up with them, but no one told me about them. <laughs> <laughs> I really wasn't, Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like say that I don't want to, I don't, I, I don't know how to word this, but yeah, I, I spent a lot of time experimenting with edge angles and pressure and what those mean and how you use them and when do you use them and where do you use them and um, what makes edging unsuccessful and what makes a flat ski successful and what makes a flat ski unsuccessful. And I mean, just running through those in, in my head and then honestly trial and error, going out and teaching it, see if it works, see how many times it works, see if it works for every student, see if it doesn't.
0: I'm glad I was on the trial side that it worked. You know, George,
1: I am too. <laughs> I'm always glad when the, when it works. I'm like, oh, good. That, one, that, one, that one's a go. We can go with that one.
0: Is that something you think we should try as instructors where, you know, we have been teaching a certain way, but, you know, maybe look at something that we're doing uh, and experiment with it?
1: 100% agree and actually I should throw in a random plug because one of the reasons I was one of the ways I actually came up with a one of these progressions was because or I guess not even progression just understanding was because of the five fundamentals they came out and I was like oh man I gotta learn these things okay let's see if I can go out and figure them out and then it was my first year as an examiner, and I got thrown in right away, and I was like, oh, shoot. Okay, what do these mean? And it was honestly, like, learning those fundamentals and learning, learning to teach them my own way was what helped me grasp, grasp new concepts that, that have always been there but just gave me a different life than how I can teach,
0: well, Brenna, I look forward to many more chats with you in the future, and I sure appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with us this evening.
1: Well, thank you, George, and I appreciate it. And let's go skiing again.
0: I look forward to it. Brenna Kelleher of Big Sky Montana, national team member, Courage to Charge on First Chair from the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.